Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,224. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Actually, she's calling in from Sacramento, California, but actually we're also shooting the day we record this, the Cars Yeah! TV show at the California Automobile Museum. I'm with Carly Starr. Hey, Carly, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. This is pretty cool. This is a first for me, doing an interview with somebody the same day that we're shooting a TV show with somebody. So uh, this is pretty cool. I appreciate you taking so much time out of your busy day. Carly Starr is the curator of the California Automobile Museum in Sacramento, California. She's a museum enthusiast with a diverse background in marketing, administration, and history. Her career includes work in Boston as the marketing coordinator for an engineering firm and at the Otis House Museum, where she was formerly trained by Historic New England in historic housekeeping and preservation techniques. She worked as a docent for the California State Railroad Museum as well, and since becoming the curator at the California Automobile Museum over about five years ago, Carly has loved becoming a gearhead and the never-ending joy of discovering the wide world of automobiles. She also works with the local community by judging for historic day competitions. She speaks at local schools, and she's the judge for the local Italy on Wheels car show. Carly, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about your career and your passion? For automobiles. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And a lot of people will come to me and say, just how did you end up at the car museum? <laughs> and for me, it was all about the museum and the history. And that is what I absolutely love. Um, I used to work mostly in historic houses, like historic um, New England. And mm-hmm. for me, it was such an easy switch to cars. And I love it. And that is because the historic houses were all about art and engineering coming together, talking about our daily lives. And big picture things as well. And cars do that just like houses do. But houses, but cars take it one step further because cars have actually had an impact back on our lives. And I've just loved just completely becoming part of this world with cars. Um, and that's kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> well, welcome to the world of being a gearhead. I love that. <laughs> I love the fact that uh, you've embraced these cars and they become a big part of your life. And it's cool, too, that you're a woman because more and more women are involved in the automotive industry. In fact, in the month of March, I'm going to be uh, contributing or actually donating the entire month to women here on Cars. Yeah, I'm going to have 21 inspiring automotive enthusiasts or women who work in the automotive industry. So you're a little bit of a leader for a lead in, I should say, for that that week of uh, or that month, I should say, of all the women I'll be talking to. So I'm excited about that. But let's continue on your journey. And I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's inspired you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Carly, take the wheel. Yeah, this is a a quote that I've actually loved since I was pretty young, a teenager. um, And it fits into so many different parts of my life. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. And (laughs) from Roald Dahl, 
Um, and I just absolutely love it because it's the idea of in life and here at the museum, you want to just kind of keep exploring, keep having fun in life. You really want to engage. And that's what I want for my visitors as well. I want them to engage and have a little fun here with the cars. Um, and it's also a good reminder of sometimes if I take things too seriously, I'm going to take a step back once in a while. You know, I love this. You're the first one that has used that quote out of what, 1,224 <laughs> guests I've had on the show here, which is He's saying something because I do hear some quotes and, and mantras that are repeated, but I like that one. And, you know, while life can be very serious, it's important once in a while, like you say, to take a step back, not take it so seriously. And I think that's what's fun about cars. Have you found that or discovered that as you become a gearhead yourself that cars, yeah, they're serious. We need them. They get us from point A to point B, but they're also a lot of fun. Exactly. That is what can connect with people. So when we have visitors that come to the museum that don't really care about cars, that doesn't mean they don't have fun going on road trips or they don't have good memories of getting their driver's license or going in cars with their friends off to the lake. Who knows what? You know, the idea that cars are access to all of this fun and it's really a way to kind of make cars engaging and, and just kind of take a deep dive into the awesome world of automobiles. Well, that's why I'm so excited to be at your museum. There's a great museum down the road from where I live, the LeMay Museum, and I've been there many, many times. I've been involved with them for years. And every time I go there and you kind of stand back and you watch people look at cars and start to talk to cars, old, young, kids, grandpas, grandmas, it's always about their stories. Oh, my dad had one of these, or oh, my boyfriend had one of these, or I had one of these. I mean, it rekindles wonderful memories, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Memories. It's People talk about songs and smells, but a lot of people have also the cars. <laughs> yeah, you get in an old Volkswagen, it's they all smell the same. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's got that same smell about it. It's not a bad smell. It's just kind of like, okay, I remember this. I remember the one we had when I was a kid. Well, I know that you were not a car gal, if I would say, way back when, but maybe you could share a little bit more about how you have become a car gal. Because I always ask my guests to talk about a story that instigated that passion. When you came to the museum, was there something in particular that either clicked right off or as you spent time there that you started to realize, you know what? I do love cars. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was trying to think of if there was a really good pivotal moment for me with the cars because it has been such a slow build of really getting to know these stories. And I think there was a specific special um, rotating exhibit that I did that kind of reinforced the idea of maybe I found my calling and my place in the world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a special exhibit called Flash and Flare, and it was all about the late 50s and early 60s and the cool, crazy styling and fins and stuff of that era and colors and automatic transmissions and the push buttons. In that exhibit, I talked about a lot of how cars are not in a vacuum. There's all these other design things happening or the idea of smart kitchen gadgets that relate to the push buttons and, and design influences and Sputnik and all this other stuff that was happening. And the cars are really part of that larger story. And I was able to really take that and make a really unique exhibit out of it that we hadn't done in the past where I brought in household objects and, and furniture and a Coca-Cola machine and a TV from <laughs> that era, as well as yeah. a whole wall just full of chrome of grills and hubcaps and hood ornaments. Um, and it was a really amazing way that people could engage in a completely different way with the cars. And to me, that was just this aha moment of this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to go forward with the future. That like cars are not in a vacuum and we have all these new ways to engage with that car history. 
You know, I love that. I'm, I'm really excited that you did that, a really creative thought process, too, because if people are in the museum and they're not diehard car people, they'll start to see that correlation and that relationship. And the 50s were probably one of the best times when you relate cars to rockets, like you say, airplanes, transportation, kitchen gadgets. I mean, all this stuff was happening after World War II that was coming together, and the cars were a big part of that. So that must have been a really, as you were describing it, going, oh, man, I would have loved to be part of that. <laughs> yeah. Go out and research all those things. Very cool. I love it. Very creative. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about in your career, in your life, a big challenge or even a big failure. And more importantly, focus on the learning lesson that that experience uh, helped you get through that and move on forward. Yeah, I mean, I would say my biggest challenge within the car world and in my career was actually just starting here in this position as curator at a car museum. I am pretty young. So when I started here, I was even younger. I, I hadn't been a curator of a museum before. I didn't know much about cars, but I had vision and I, I'm just a very passionate person. And and that is something that I had to just do a lot of learning curves, but trying to keep that passion with me. And, and it was it was definitely difficult to kind of come in with all this intimidating. All of our volunteers are very nice and friendly, but it's intimidating knowing how much they know about automobiles and I don't know anything. So that was a huge challenge, but it was an extremely fun challenge at the same time and a path that I'm still on. I'm still learning about cars and playing catch up with all of these volunteers that we have that are car experts. Did you ever find yourself kind of going, "What? how did I get here? What am I doing here? Uh, because I, you know, I can see that exactly, but what comes to mind is, um, you know, Sir Richard Branson always talks about when you have an opportunity, say yes and figure out how to do it later. Yes, absolutely. Take the opportunity. Is that what you did? Yes. I think I also remember he reading that in Tina Fey's book. So same kind of concept <laughs> of always say yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's exactly what it was. I saw the job posting and was like, you know, I'm not technically probably qualified, but I know I can do this. This is my dream. Um, yeah. And I just love that storytelling and interpretation of museum. And I knew that cars could be just like historic houses. I, I just didn't really realize how much, in some ways, I still love architecture. Historic houses don't get mad at me. But in a lot of ways, cars are better than historic houses. And I didn't <laughs> expect that. So, I mean, it's it's obviously been a positive challenge in my life. Um, and so now it's just continuing to juggle this dream and vision that we are still trying to build in the museum while juggling, you know, um, smaller staff and smaller budgets and trying to get to the museum to our dream vision at some point in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're a great inspiration, Carly, because so many people think they know what they want to do. And when they see the opportunity, they think, well, I really haven't done that yet, though. So why would anybody hire me to do that? I'm not even going to try. Mm -hmm. And you're an example of, hey, you took a shot, you went out there, uh, they saw a spark in you, they saw something that you could offer the museum and offered you that. And the best thing about your job, I see, is that you're learning every day. Because if anything I've learned after talking to 1,200 plus people is if you're not learning every day, you're kind of dying a little bit every day. It's not nearly as fun as going, what do I get to learn today? This is so exciting. And combining that with your passion for history, uh, you're in the catbird seat. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love it. And like the Splash and Flare exhibit where I learned, that's my favorite part of my job, actually, is making those special exhibits because then they only last a few months. But each time I get to learn and dig deep into something new and, and dig into a new topic of automotive history. And it's never ending. And I love it. There's so many things to learn. Very cool. Well, kudos to you for being brave and putting yourself out there and finding a way to make it work. That's very cool. 
I would imagine some days you go, man, I still can't believe I'm doing this. This is so cool. This is so <laughs> fun. And It'll yeah, be six very... years in April, so coming up soon, and um, I still pinch myself sometimes. There you go. Well, you found the secret sauce to life, that's for sure. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. Is there a first car for you that had great meaning? Now, this could be a car in your life. It could be the first car you got, or it could be maybe it's a car at the museum that you have a particular interest in that you went, wow, this is pretty neat. Yeah. My first car that I have like a really early memory of that I loved was my dad actually had a 64 Chevy panel truck and I loved playing in it. He had spurred it out to use it for camping and had cupboards in it and a truck radio and I loved playing with it. So that's kind of, I've always had a fondness for classic vehicles, particularly panel trucks because of that. But I would say my first special car is my current car. I've only bought one car in my life, which is going <laughs> to shock people on here. But I love my current car. I learned to drive stick on it. It's a stick. And I, I learned kind of the, it's a 2006 Scion XA. I should say that. So it's a very okay. generic little cute little car that's zippy around town. But I also got to experience the joys of driving, driving stick because of this car. Um, and probably my favorite one was when I was going down Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles and just kind of going down. I didn't have to put the brakes on and it was just such amazing better control with the stick shift on this, you know, random little base car. And it just, that was just kind of these moments of, wow, driving is really fun. So I actually really love my current car and my first car. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, and I'm impressed that you're driving a stick shift because a lot of young people don't drive them, don't even know how, they don't even want to try to drive them. I think it's really cool that you have a stick shift. And as you've learned, there, you're so much more engaged with the vehicle when you're driving a manual versus an automatic, which mm -hmm. Also takes away a lot of the opportunity or inclination to maybe get on your phone or text or do any of that kind of stuff. Eat whatever you might do in your car <laughs> yeah. that you shouldn't be when your car's you can't moving. Do that as much with a stick shift. <laughs> no, no, not when you got to work with both your legs and both your hands. And yeah, exactly. That's why both my kids, I required them to have manual cars for their first vehicles and learn how to drive them. So that's a really good idea. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, not too many people steal manual cars. They don't know how to drive them, so they'll go to the next car when they look in there and see, oh. Can't I'm worried that, every so. time I take it to the valet, but it's a it's I've taught other people how to drive stick on it, so the valet will be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, most of those guys know what they're doing. At least we hope so. Just don't ever watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You'll never <laughs> leave a car with a valet ever again. <laughs> right. So I guess the next question: there isn't really a seller's remorse story because this is the only car that you've ever had. So that's okay. Uh, I'm going to twist it up a little bit here, though. Is there a car that's come into the museum, maybe on loan? That when it left, you really kind of went, oh, man, please don't take your car away. I love having that here. Oh, there are so many cars like that. <laughs> so we had a car from the Hudson Club that was doing a cross-country trip. And they, I guess they ended it with us or something along those lines. And um, they had completely painted this um, early 50s Hudson to be like Doc Hudson in the car, in the movie oh, Cars. Yeah. The Cars, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a four-door car, though, so it um, was something that they could have as promotional things and use for kids to sit in. So they let us have it in the museum for a number of months, and we had it in our racing display, um, and we would let kids sit inside of it. Docents would open up the doors. They would get in the front and the back seats, and it was such an awesome way for people, especially kids, to connect with these race cars because race cars are often some of the most fragile cars that we have in here. We couldn't have right. any that they could touch or sit in until this one came in. You know, I'm constantly like, oh, I wish we had that car back. I wish that the club had been <laughs> taken it back. Um, and it was so much fun. We took it out to a couple events. They let us drive it to some um, like local community events as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I truly miss that Doc Hudson car. Um, yeah. So if anybody's listening to this and you're part of the Hudson Club, let me know. <laughs> the mighty Hudson Hornet. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so cool. I always tell people, if you have vintage races in your neighborhood, your community, take a kid to the vintage races because so many vintage race car drivers will let kids jump in their car and sit in them and enjoy them. And you will spark some interest in some young girl, some young boy that could carry them through the rest of their life. I used to race vintage cars, and I always let kids sit in my cars, and they always had the biggest smiles, lots of pictures. I mean, they were so excited to be able to sit in there and just imagine what it's like to go speeding, you know, around the racetrack. So, very cool. Love that car. Well, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about what has you excited and energized this year, 2019, about the the California Automobile Museum. And I remind folks, it's in the uh, part of Sacramento that's called Old Sac, right? We are actually just south of Old Sac, just barely just outside of it. Yeah. Okay, just real close. Yeah, so so tell us a little bit about what people could expect to see and enjoy by coming to the museum this year. Yeah, so we are continually trying to improve the museum in various ways with new um, interactives and different things. But what I am really working hard on right now is the new special exhibit that we're doing um, that opens up in mid-March. And that exhibit is going to be all about microcars. So we're doing small cars that have had a big impact and focusing on um, post-World War II cars and and really trying to tie in the story of how these small little cars were so important in these ages of austerity and their kind of their impact they've had on on the market and how people may not have seen these types of cars before. And I love all of those different types of diverse storytelling. So I'm really excited for microcars. Plus, they're just going to be so adorable and I cannot wait. Very, very cool. Love. But there are a couple of micro cars that you'll have there that maybe uh, could entice us to come down and, and see them. Well, I mean, of course, we're going to have an Izetta that I feel like is an obvious yeah. must if you're talking about them. Another one that I particularly really like is a Zoomed Up Janus. I really like those. Um, we will have a Citroën, Ducheveau. Oh, I wish I had my whole list. We actually just finalized our list of cars. Um, okay. So I'm really excited to have. We have a huge variety. We've got everything from a Trabant. We're getting Japanese cars. We'll have a Subaru 360. Um, we're hoping to even confirm about a, a 360 van and a Fiat Multipla. So we'll have the kind of these nice, like, big micro cars as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be, it should be a really nice selection across European and Japanese cars. Oh, no doubt. And then you have displays that are permanent displays. Is there as well? Yeah. So most of the exhibits. Um, floor plan is our regular stories. And we do chronological for most of it from the beginning of the automobile um, up into the 1980s. Cool. Very cool. And how can people find out more? Where would they go online to find out more about the California Automobile Museum? The museum's website is calautomuseum.org. So we're also very active on social media, which is all at calautomuseum.org. We have Facebook and Instagram, and we do a lot of different special events. One of my favorites that we're doing are Sunday drives. So every third Sunday of the month, we actually take some of our classic cars out and let people take a ride in them with our volunteers and go around downtown Sacramento um, and get to experience what it's like in different types of classic cars. So that's we have all sorts cool. of different things going on, yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. Oh man, that's the that's the best part I've heard all day is getting people <laughs> to get rides in these cars, get them excited about them, experience them, bring back those old memories, and who knows, you might spark uh, an interest in somebody who wants to start collecting cars as well. Well, Carly, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? 
is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars yeah TV show? That's right. Cars yeah is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars yeah TV MAV-TV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Carly, we're back, and I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car sitting in your museum or in your garage or at the curb, wherever you might be, what would Carly be and why? This is such a tough question. (laughs) You know, I. It's so hard. I, I was trying to think of different ways that reflect me and cars and different words. And I've actually asked around different people in my office about this question to get some oh. of their honest answers and everything. Oh, and we came up with a bunch of different things. Okay. I'm kind of leaning towards an early, um, like a Mark 1 Mini would be a good one potentially to represent me. <laughs> um, okay. But other ones, I'll tell you why too, but other people have suggested uh, Mercedes 560SL. And my favorite one that one of my coworkers suggested was a Jaguar XKE. So that one was clearly oh. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, how I, do you perceive yourself? Yeah, so the reason I came upon the Mini and some of the things I was talking about with some of my coworkers is because I can be a little particular, um, like British cars <laughs> can be. Um, yeah. I like to think that I'm unexpected. You know, I'm in this position of power, know a lot about cars when you wouldn't necessarily expect me to. And minis can be, especially the Coopers, can be unexpectedly cool and fun and powerful. I have a lot of multi-purpose talents, I like to think. And a mini can be used across the board on lots of different things. I'm unique for better or for worse. And when the minis came out, that's probably what a lot of people thought oh, of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I really do, it goes back to that quote where I, I really do like to have fun and just kind of zip around and have fun with things. And I think the Mini, I just like small cars personally because of that. And I think the yeah. Mini is a really good one for that. Ah, perfect answer. I love that. I think maybe uh, we see a Mini Cooper in your future uh, when the days that Scion needs to go to its next owner. I think you'd like that. I've owned a couple Mini Coopers and uh, 
They're really, really fun little cars. I have the newer ones uh, versus the old ones, but one of our regular listeners and a longtime sponsor here, Chris Kimball, financial consultant. Uh, shout out to Chris. I know he listens all the time. He's about six foot ten or something. I mean, he's probably not that tall, but he's a very tall guy. Everybody's tall compared to me, but but he has an authentic older Mini, and I always chuckle at the fact, how on earth does he get himself inside that car? But there's amazing room inside those Surprisingly cars. It's only spacious, uh, yeah. yeah. What's funny yeah, is, are. when I thought, think about cars that I may want to buy, like realistic cars that I could buy, a Mini isn't what came across my radar for that. I actually really like the Metropolitans, and I like the Morris Miners. I like little cars. Um, so it's funny, but when I think about who I am as a car, the Mini seemed to fit better than either of those two. I don't know why. I just kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very cool. I like that. And I like the fact you asked your coworkers what they thought of you. I think uh, those folks that thought of you as a sleek Jaguar E-Type or that nice Mercedes-Benz, uh, either they're vying for an, uh, a raise or an, a promotion, <laughs> or maybe they just they just look at you very fondly. And I think those are pretty nice relationships that they tied you to because those are beautiful cars. So Yeah, I thought that was very nice of them. <laughs> very nice, for sure. Well, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that mini throttle. So here we go. <laughs> What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Never say no to getting in a car, taking a drive in a car. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I had a detailing business as a kid and I drove all sorts of cool cars. And I remember one day driving a brand new Rolls Royce Corniche back to my house. My mom came out. I was in high school and she's like, oh, my God, who, who lets you drive this car? I said, Mom, this car is worth more than our house. <laughs> and she's like, don't drive it. You can't drive it. Oh, my gosh. She was freaking out. Uh, yeah, it was cool. But, yeah, always take a chance when someone tosses you the keys. Of course, treat it with respect. Mm-hmm. Drive it carefully. Don't be a fool because that way you'll get the t- keys tossed to you later again. Mm-hmm. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I like to call it being curious. So my coworkers would say I'm being nosy. <laughs> but either way, I'm curious. I like to learn. Um, and then being really passionate would be probably yeah. too. Now, how about a resource? There are wonderful resources for all of us out there. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? Yeah, actually, my museum's library. We have a really extensive research library here. Wow. Um, it isn't necessarily a good place for people to come and stop in and build until we can have a new library facility built someday in the future. But yeah. we have amazing volunteers who staff it and we can accommodate different research requests. And I love, that's my favorite place to do research for my exhibits. I can get my hands on old advertisements and books and magazines, all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. Well, how about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I'm going to go with Bertha Benz. Um, oh. she, yeah, she was such um, an interesting woman who sounded really smart and doing these kinds of things in a man's world. And I'd be really interested to sit down and pick her brain on what was it like after the car became successful and Benz became this big thing. Was she okay playing that Victorian woman second to her husband, even though she was a marketing power and financed it? Or did she wish she lived in a different time? Like, I, you know, I just, I, I'm so curious of what her life was like and what she thought. You know, that's really cool that you mentioned her because nobody's brought her up, but I read a while ago about her. I mean, she was born in 1849, 1850 in in Germany. And what was really cool, obviously the last name is the clue to who she was married to, but she was one of the first people to take a car on a very long distance 
She was drive. the long distance, first long yeah. distance driver. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a whole marketing ploy for her husband's early Benz. And I just, it was, you know, the business smarts in her brain. Um, and she's definitely not credited enough for that. No, absolutely not. And if I remember the story right, there's some interesting parts of that where the car broke down and she used like a, a hairpin or something mm-hmm. to fix it or something like that. But I, I think more importantly, the fact that a woman in that time mm-hmm. to go out and do what she did by herself is incredibly pioneering and obviously a genius to whoever came up with the marketing idea to to say, well, look, you know, it was her. She snuck out, was actually with her two sons and they snuck out in the middle of the night and she went off to visit her mother on this road trip. um, Well, there you go. I didn't know that part of the story. Well, that is very cool. Yeah. I think it would be interesting. So that is, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That'd be great. I believe so. How about a book? Now you mentioned you love books, you love history. Mm -hmm. Is there one book in particular you'd like to share with our listeners? It was so impossible to try and choose one. So I just decided on the most recent one I've read that I really like because okay. um, we have a, an exhibit um, ending at the end of February all about road trips. And this was a book I loved reading about this and it's called Divided Highways. Um, and it's all about a, building the interstate system and a lot of the social history that goes into it as well as the engineering history. There's just so much. It's a really heavy, dense book. So um, definitely be a reader if you read it, but it's got amazing, interesting history about the building of our highways here in the United States. It's called Divided Highways by Tom Lewis. Yeah, very cool. I was going to say the uh, author's Tom Lewis. Yeah, very, very interesting book. And it gives you insights into a lot of things that you would never have known or very interesting facts and things about highways and why they were done certain ways and all that. So that's an awesome book to recommend. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Carly has shared on her Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Carly, C-A-R-L-Y, star, because she's a star, S-T-A-R-R. I love that, car and star. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect <laughs> for the car, for the Cars yeah TV show. <laughs> You'll be a car star with me on Cars yeah TV. I love it. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Carly, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car to park in your own garage. You don't have to leave it at the museum. It's yours to use and drive. But there's a couple rules, as I always say. One is you do have to drive it. No garage queens. I don't want it to be sitting static in the museum there. I want you to get it out and enjoy it, maybe just on the weekends, but however much you want. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick is off the table. But here's the kick. It's the only collector car you can have in your garage, so you have to choose very carefully here. What's it going to be? Oh, this one was hard. And I, I, I'm glad you said that. I would never want a car I couldn't drive. I don't want something over-restored. I love cars that you can actually get in and drive. So I ended up deciding on a Carbon Ghia, but I have to specifically have a two-toned with manila yellow body and a black hard top two-tone Carmen Ghia. And that is because that's the car my mom used to have and she got rid of it before it was born, but she's still obsessed with it. Before I started here at the museum, that was literally the only type of car I could recognize on site was a Carmen Ghia. So I just <laughs> have this truly emotional connection to Carmen Ghias in my family. All of my siblings feel the same way. So if I, you know, I just, I love cars with a story and a history. And to me, that's like my family history of a car would be a Carmen yeah. Ghia. Oh, well, you're tucking on my heartstrings because my regular listeners know this. I had a Carmen Ghia when I was in high school. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I had it through college, uh, restored it, fixed it up. It was a great little car. I loved it to death. Now, mine was a 67. Now, the two-tones, though, tended to be the earlier cars. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. the year your mom's car was? Yeah, hers was a 62. 
Okay, yeah, the early ones. So yeah, yeah. so the first ah. year of that Manila yellow, I, I had to Google that to make sure she had the right name of the color and everything. Manila, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. Now that'll be a, a beautiful car to find you. I think that'd be great to bring back those memories. You know, one of my my TV shows that I did, and this is a whole new venture for me with Cars yeah TV, was with Joy Giordano, and that was a a trip to his facility where he restores old vintage Volkswagens, buses, VW Bugs, and Carmen Gias, and he's actually mm-hmm. restoring a Carmen Gia for his wife, an early one like this one. Uh, so I got to go to his facility and learn about it. You can uh, find that on Mav TV, where Cars yeah TV lives. Uh, so go check it out. But uh, You'll have to go check that show out as well, Carly, because I had a great time spending a day with Joey and his team there and his wife uh, talking about OVWs. Well, I'll get to work and see if I can't find that 62 <laughs> Carmigia, specifically in Manila with a black top. I like that. You've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've so enjoyed talking with you. So enjoyed shooting a television show with you. That is very special. You're the first woman who's been a guest on Cars yeah TV. So that puts you in the record books there. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars yeah audience. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off in the sunset in that beautiful little Carmagia? Yeah, I would say when you go to a museum, take a tour with the docents or the tour guides. They have so many fun stories. Any museum, obviously our museum is amazing. It's amazing docents, but any museum you go to, those volunteers and docents, know so many better stories than you could ever read on a sign. So I always recommend that to people. You know, that's incredibly smart, wise advice. And having been to many museums myself and knowing many docents, they can share insights that you would never know. You could walk by a car and and never know the details and stories behind that car, some really unique things. So very wise advice, and it makes your whole experience so much more rewarding. And again, how can people learn more about California Automobile Museum? Yeah, go to our website, calautomuseum.org or, or social media, Cal Auto Museum, and then just come visit us. We're open every day except Tuesdays, 10 to 5. Absolutely. Again, well, listeners, you can find all these links on Carly's show notes page. And again, you can find Carly with me on Cars yeah TV on Mav TV. Just look up the listing times or go to my website and I'll show you how to get there from there. Thank you, Carly, for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me. And the listeners, I've had so much fun here at the California Automobile Museum. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.